welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. Over the last two years of doing this podcast, I hope that you've enjoyed a few of the little stories from my life, and hopefully they don't feel too far off from some of your own memories. Maybe they helped you remember something that you loved. In a way, these little episodes serve as a way of sharing a little bit of my storytelling and my life with you. I don't always have the best memory, personally, and I've probably even repeated myself on this podcast telling you some of the same stories you might have heard before, so sorry about that, and thanks for putting up with me uh, sometimes retelling a story. But one way that I try to hold on to the memories that I have and what I experience on the daily is by writing it down. My great aunt, the same one who taught sewing and knitting and was a college professor, is an impressive journaler. She has kept a diary of some sort for decades. There are stacks and stacks of journals at her house. And I'm trying to follow suit. A little bit. I really didn't start until my freshman year of college, but better late than never, right? My mother uh, has an impressive memory. (laughs) She often tells us stories of things that we did as children. For example, I was very much the like visual practical jokester as a child, as a very wee one. I liked to set up funny scenarios. So once when I was like two years old, I put a paper bag over my head and like waddled my way into my parents' bedroom and just stood there waiting for someone to notice my brilliant attire as the paper bag probably hit around like my knees. This could also have come from my love for the children's book by Robert Munch, The Paper Bag Princess, because the heroine's name is also Elizabeth, but I digress. Memories and writing them down and recalling them can be such a treat. And for memories that aren't so pleasant, writing them down and getting them out of your system can also be very helpful. When I know my memory might not hold onto things for too long, I like to write it down. And when I'm writing things down, I try to start with the good stuff, the little things, just like this podcast. Now, to be 100% honest, I can sometimes like start with the good things and then it will turn into a huge venting session about something I found frustrating or can't figure out, but that kind of journal keeping is also helpful. So today we're going to take some time for a little bit of gratitude for the ways in which we keep our memories because your memories and experiences are precious. They are part of your contribution to the world and they matter. Your stories can warm someone's heart and I hope that a few of mine have done the same. Or at least made you smile. (laughs) (laughs) So, without further ado, let's talk about journals and diaries. First off, let's take a look at what a journal or a diary is. A journal or diary is a recording of the day-to-day life of an individual. Usually it is written for a person's own pleasure or reflection and is not written for the purpose of publication. Not that some journals aren't published. The diary of Anne Frank is a very good example of this. We read this diary in school and it was actually the first full-on play that I was in in junior high. I played the older sister Margot and it was the first time I had held a head of cabbage. Those things don't sound like they are related, but they... (laughs) Both happened in that play. So anyways, I digress once again. Some diaries or journals, however, can be written with the intent of publication or publication posthumously, etc. A person keeping a diary can share their thoughts, ideas, experiences, and feelings. Diaries can also be kept for institutions like military records or business ledgers. These help us gain a better understanding of government and civilizations from hundreds of years ago. The main difference between a journal and a diary is that a diary has daily entries, for the most part. The word diary has a Latin root meaning day. Journal writing doesn't have to be on the daily. The word journal also comes from a root word meaning day. In this case, it is the French word jour, which means day. 
The earliest use of the word diary to refer to daily writings is used by Ben Johnson in his work Volpone in 1605. When it comes to keeping a record of our lives, however, humans have been doing this for thousands of years. The earliest known diary-like book dates back to ancient Egypt. It acts as a sort of logbook that gives an account of the shipping of limestone between Tura and Giza. It is called the Diary of Merer. Another book called To Myself, or these days it is also known as Meditations, was created by the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius in the latter half of the 2nd century AD. It isn't exactly a diary, but it starts to resemble one. Most of the ancient diaries that we have are from the Middle East and Eastern Asia. In Japan, there is also what is called the Pillow Book, as well as other Asian travel journals. These aren't exactly journals because they don't keep an account of daily life per se, but they do keep a record of the goings-on at the time. The Pillow Book, for example, was written by Sei Shonagon, who was a court lady to the Empress Consort Teishi during the Heian period in Japan. She kept the book from about 990 to 1000, somewhere in the 1000s. And the book was finished in 1002. In her book, the author shares snippets of the goings-on of the court, her own thoughts and poems, etc. In fact, it wasn't meant to be a published work at all. The story goes that she set out a cushion at one point for a guest who had come to visit, and the book was accidentally also set out on the cushion. And the guest took the book and ran. (laughs) As she asked them not to, they still took it and ran, and it got passed around the court. And now we have the pillow book and all her little thoughts, which include her complaints against mosquitoes, wondering how it is possible to feel the air of their tiny wings when a person's about to go to sleep and a mosquito comes in. She also complains about unannounced guests who just stay and gab and gab and gab on forever when you're in the middle of doing something important and trying to figure out how to get them to go away. (laughs) It has some really delightful snippets. If you want to check it out, Uh, after learning about it, I actually ordered it and started reading it, and it's super interesting. So, good times. Reading a journal can make history come to life and make us feel a little bit closer to two people who have always been people. The reasons these aren't necessarily diaries is because they don't always contain an account of the day-to-day goings-on in a person's life, although the pillow book certainly includes that as well, so that one gets pretty close. In the Near East, we have evidence of Arabic diaries dating back to before the 10th century, and the earliest surviving example that we have dates back to the 11th century, and is a diary kept by Abu Ali ibn al-Banna, who kept his diary ordered by day, chronologically, much like modern diaries. Medieval mystics also kept a sort of diary of notes in which they recorded their feelings and spiritually important experiences or subjects like their visions. A few examples include those made by Elizabeth of Chanel, Agnes Bland-Becken, and Beatrice of Nazareth. In the Renaissance, people began to want to record more than just the events going on, but also wanted to try sharing their thoughts as well. One of the earlier examples of this is Journal d'un bourgeois de Paris, which recounts details from 1405 to 1449. The writer gave their own take on the events and goings-on at the time. Other diaries around this time include those by Buonacorso Pitti and Gregorio Dati of Florence and Marino Sanuto the Younger of Venice. In 1908, a company named Smithson made a diary that was light enough to carry around on your person so that you could write on the go. 
There are a lot of diaries that have gone on to be published over the years. We've already mentioned The Diary of Anne Frank, which details Anne's experience as a Jew hiding in German-occupied Amsterdam in the 1940s. Her father, Otto, edited and published the book after her death. But there were others even before her time and after the pillow book. One well-known character is that of Samuel Pepys, who lived from 1633 to 1703. His diary was kept in Cambridge and was transcribed in 1825. It was also among the first to go from just keeping an account of business transactions to include his own thoughts on events. His contemporary, John Evelyn, also kept a journal and provided his own eyewitness accounts of historic events like the Great Fire of London and the Great Plague of London. Dude had like a tough time. <laughs> those, are, those are difficult experiences to go through, but he kept his account. Some other published diaries include Civil War diaries in the United States, as well as Jemima Pondick's diary of the lives of locals during the American Revolutionary War. In the 19th century, we started to see the more regular publication of diaries of notable historical persons, which could include politicians, artists, and so on. Some who kept diaries saw their journal writing as an opportunity to reflect, or for the Nazi court official Friedrich Kellner, he saw his journal as a way to fight against future tyrants and named his journal Mein Widerstand, or My Opposition. Though he never expected publication of his diary, he still made his stand privately against terrorism and tyrants in the world written in his private diary. With the internet came another place for a person to make a record of their life. The first digital diary is believed to have been written by Claudio Pananes. He called it Open Diary and wrote in it from November 1994 to 1996. Not only a tool for the living, the internet also gave a platform for other previously unpublished diaries from the past to be published online and noted by historians. One such example is that of Michael Shiner's diary. Michael Shiner was an enslaved man who lived in Washington, D.C. in the 19th century and made an account of his life. As people continued to share their own stories online, we saw the emergence and growth of blogs. While not all blogs were journals, many journals were kept as blogs. These days, you can also journal on the go with impressive and often encrypted and protected apps on your phone. Outside of reporting on your own daily life, there are, of course, many other kinds of journals or diaries. There are travel journals, gratitude journals, diet journals, sleep diaries, war diaries, gardening journals, Tagebücher, which are like working journals, and more. And where there is fact, there will also be fiction. Much like we got the mockumentary of The Office from the documentary style of film, there are also mock journals in fiction writing, like the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series or even Dracula. Outside of preserving your story for your own reflection or for other people in the future to enjoy and maybe even learn from, there are other benefits to keeping a journal. Keeping a journal can help you stay organized and also help you track and record your goals and your progress. It can help you keep track of all those brilliant ideas that you have in the shower or just before falling asleep, or maybe you get your ideas at a more convenient time. Writing can, well, there are arguments for it anyway, also help boost your IQ when you're looking for the perfect word to describe the feeling of handing in that final assignment just before the deadline or how wonderful buttered toast or homemade soup can smell. Perhaps you'll go looking for a new word and expand your vocabulary so your descendants can have an equally mouthwatering experience reading your writing. Journal writing can also help relieve your stress. I've definitely found that to be the case, both with my regular journal writing and when I am focusing on recording my gratitude and the good things that went on during the day. 
Some people will also do this by doing a stream of consciousness dump first thing in the morning, where you just write whatever comes to mind. Or you can do a writing dump when you need it to help relieve anxieties. Writing about your feelings can help you relieve stress, anxiety, improve your sleep, and ultimately help you get some healing. Sometimes seeing it on paper can be helpful, and other times seeing it on paper and then burning it can be more helpful. <laughs> Dr. James Pennebaker says in his book, Writing to Heal, quote, When we translate an experience into language, we essentially make the experience graspable, close quote. Basically, if you can put words to it, you can start to deal with it. This can help you process traumatic experiences. Keeping a journal can help improve your memory as well as give you time to self-reflect. And of course, maybe when you see the daily happenings in your own life, you might feel a little inspired yourself and find new creativity. Writing about the happy things in your life or the things you are grateful for can help boost your self-confidence, as well as help you to relive those experiences as you write. And at least for me, it seems that the more I write and reflect, the more good experiences or small blessings I'm able to find each day. From toilet paper to getting green lights on the way home. There are a lot of small things to be grateful for, and making note of them can help you see that really there's a lot of love life can show you. Not always easy, certainly, and sometimes we need to write about that, but the little things can help. And if written journals aren't your thing, try an audio journal. Or heck, create a podcast and share some of your own experiences. Your experiences, your two cents, and your view of the world matter. It could help someone that you don't know, or maybe even a descendant of yours someday. Or perhaps it can just help you remember some of the wonderful things about who you are and the beauty that you have experienced in your own life, which can be helpful, especially on down days. It is important to remember. Remember the good things about yourself and about your life. And journaling, whether written or recorded or perhaps videoed, any of it, is a good way to start because your story is worth remembering. And those are a few of the reasons that I'm very grateful for journaling and diary... diarying? No, that doesn't sound right. Keeping a diary. <laughs> we'll say it that way. Either way, being able to write down thoughts and experiences has definitely helped me in my life, and hopefully it will help you as well, or hopefully you'll run into some good stories from someone else who has kept a journal. For all these reasons and many, many more, I'm very grateful. Well, that is it for this week. I hope that you have a stupendous day, or a marvelous day. Take your pick. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Take care.